This week's episode is sponsored by Ear Catching Artist Services. Indie artists looking for artist development, copyrights and publishing, ASCAP, BMI encoding, and more? Reach out to Ear Catching Artist Services. That's Ear Catching Artist Services at gmail.com. Use the code MUSIC101 in the subject line. Now to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to patreon.com slash all our nonsense. This is the week in gaming, your top spot for your gaming news across all platforms. That would be Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC. Uh, soon to get into mobile gaming a little bit more. Um, dude, <laughs> hell of a week already in gaming news, so I'm going to highlight these stories really quickly for you guys. Anything else that comes up, I will highlight later on the blog in the week. Anything that may go down after the recording of this episode. My top story comes from the good folks over at Microsoft. Congratulations to them because they pulled it off. I haven't exactly tried it yet, but I did log in and take a look. Xbox Cloud Gaming is now fully available to all Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. That is a big freaking deal. Now anyone can get on the cloud. Xbox Cloud Gaming is now available to all Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. Xbox announced on Monday. Starting today, Xbox Cloud Gaming is available to all Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members with Windows 10 PCs and Apple phones and tablets via browser across 22 countries. The announcement reads, To sign up, you'll need to go to xbox.com slash play on Microsoft Edge, Chrome, or Safari on a PC or mobile device. Games will be streamed to your screen at 1080p and up to 60 frames per second. Getting access to, I'm sorry, getting access to Xbox Cloud Gaming previously required an invitation from Microsoft. Last week, content creator... Clobril spotted that Xbox appeared to be rolling out Series X server blades across its X Cloud game. I'm sorry, its cloud gaming platform. The server blades pre- previously ran on the less powerful Xbox One S, so players like Clobril noticed the switch when Rainbow Six Siege was able to run at 120 frames per second, something that the Xbox One S cannot achieve. If you're still depending on your Xbox One, Microsoft has announced that it intends on expanding the older console's lifespan by letting users stream Xbox X and Series S games. Microsoft hasn't stated when it's planned. it plans to launch that service, though. Um, I jumped on my MacBook, went to Safari, went to the website, signed in, and there it was. Game Pass Ultimate with all these games, and I'm like, this is really fucking cool. Like, um, this is really cool. Um, hats off to Microsoft because this is a big, big deal, and anybody that doesn't think so is out of their mind. Again, as I re- as I stated last on last week's episode of the Week in Gaming, when Microsoft said last year, Phil Spencer said, "Hey, Sony and Nintendo, PlayStation, Nintendo, that's not our competition. Uh, Amazon and Google, that's our competition." I'm like, this guy does not want to sell consoles at all, and he just proved that. It's they're playing the long game. They're 100% playing the long game, and this is absolutely incredible. I absolutely applaud Phil because when Microsoft took the stage at E3 2013 and all he talked about was TV and Skype and Snap uh, and, you know, um, uh, gosh, I can't even think of the name of the thing. It, it, it changed the name to Cortana, but um, the, the unit they packed in the box that caused the price to go up. Oh, the Connect, the Xbox Connect. They talked about all that, and they barely talked about any games, and it was a disaster, you know, the digital rights management stuff and the always online stuff, and everybody's like, there's no way they survived this, and credit to Phil because he turned it around, adding backwards compatibility, getting on the stage, making acquisitions, the Bethesda acquisition, and much more. He really, really turned it around, and now we're looking at this like Microsoft is the biggest name in gaming right now. As much as I love Sony and PlayStation, and we're going to get to them in just a bit, 
Microsoft is leading the way in gaming right now and PlayStation, Nintendo, Amazon, and Google now have to compete to catch up because this is very freaking big. And anybody that doesn't think so is absolutely out of their mind. I, I really can't understand or fathom how you can't see how this is a big, big deal. Um, I haven't uh, linked a controller to my MacBook yet. Um, I have a uh, my, my Elite controller. Um, I can probably just plug that right on in or link it via Bluetooth. Um, I'm not sure how it's... But either way, you know... Um, I'm excited because this is a big deal. Uh, I can't wait to try it out and see how it works. And um, I've been wanting to play Celeste, and I didn't realize that it was in the Game Pass store, and I just saw that. So I'm actually, that's going to be the first game that I'm going to try out. And um, I'll let you guys know how that goes. But this is really freaking cool. Like, props to Microsoft because uh, this is a big, big, big deal, guys. A huge deal. And, uh, again, hats off to you guys because I don't know how you pulled it off, but you did. But, again, this is Microsoft. They're the leaders at, you know, at tech and innovation, and it just shows here. So, again, congratulations to everybody up there in Seattle because this is a huge deal. You guys have changed gaming forever, and uh, I couldn't be more happy to be a part of uh, the Xbox family as a, you know, as an owner of several Xboxes and, uh, you know, also in the PC landscape. So again, congratulations to Microsoft. This is really, really cool. Um, the next story actually comes um, from, excuse me, Telegraph Media. Um, apparently, <laughs> it's still very, very early in the stages of uh, the Elder Scrolls Six. I'm not a fan of the Elder Scrolls, and you know I hate to sound like a broken record because I've said it here many times before about Bethesda games. Um, they don't really move me. Uh, I didn't like the engine. I thought that they needed to leave that engine behind some time ago. But you know, here we are. No big deal. Um, I just, <laughs> um, I don't know. Todd Howard kind of seems like a snake oil salesman to me. Um, he uses uh, these these catchy phrases, and he looks really excited when he speaks and stuff like that, so he's able to sell some stuff to people. And then when you actually get the game in your hands or digitally via your console or PC, it doesn't really hold up well. And that was the issue with Fallout 76. Like The, uh, the E3 conference that year hyped us all up, and then when we got the game, we are just like, wait, no. Actually, I didn't even buy it. I, and I remember like a week after it came out, the game was heavily discounted. Now everybody's like, oh, it was Black Friday. True, but the game shouldn't have dropped that much in price. So anyway, per Todd Howard, it's good to think of Elder Scrolls 6 as still in, design, in a design phase. And this game was announced three years ago. Howard, who oversees development of the long-running RPG series, also told The Telegraph that the next Elder Scrolls game will benefit from the development work. The studio is currently doing on Starfield, which is scheduled for release in November of 2022. I am kind of excited for Starfield. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually excited to see what that's going to do. The new Starfield technology creation engine 2 is sort of built for both games. He said it's like a new tech base. The vast majority of our development work is on Starfield right now, but everybody works on everything. So the projects kind of intertwine. It's good to think of the Elder Scrolls 6 as still being in a design phase, but we're checking the tech. Is this going to handle the things we want to do in that game? Every game will have some new suites of technology, so Elder Scrolls 6 will have some additions onto Creation Engine 2 that the game is going to require. 
Howard previously said that Starfield would feature Bethesda's biggest engine overhaul since 2006's Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. Uh, in a blog post discussing Microsoft's $7.5 billion acquisition of Bethesda in March, Howard said the sci-fi RPG would feature all new technologies that will eventually power the Elder Scrolls VI too. With each new console cycle, we've evolved together, Howard said of Bethesda and Xbox, from bringing mods to consoles with Fallout 4, now over a billion downloads to the latest technologies fueling the Xbox Series X and S. These new systems are optimized for the vast worlds we love to create with generational leaps, not just in graphics, but CPU and data streaming as well. It's led to our largest engine overhaul since Oblivion with all new technologies powering our first new IP in 25 years, Starfield, as well as the Elder Scrolls VI. Um, I'm going to play Starfield. I'm not going to play the Elder Scrolls. I'm going to be completely honest with you. It just doesn't do anything for me. Um, none of the other ones have in the past, and I don't expect the, the situation to change with this upcoming game. But congratulations to them. I'm happy to hear that they actually moved on to a new engine because the creation, the original creation engine, supremely outdated. Um, we should see better textures, uh, visual fidelity, and things like that. I would have to imagine that with the hardware and things that we're now playing on, that it would support ray tracing. I think it would be an absolute disaster if it didn't. Uh, but 4K, 120 frames per second, 60 frames. Uh, 60 should be on the low end. 120, I would imagine, is what they're aiming for. Again, with 4K and ray tracing and things like that. Uh, the Xbox Series X is a very, very powerful piece of machinery. And some of these really high-end PCs are really powerful as well. So... I'm excited to see what they can do to uh, leverage the power that they're going to have to work with moving forward. Again, I'm really amped on Starfield. I want to see how that plays out. And, um, you know, I don't know. This uh, this should be really good moving forward. Um, I think they have something on their hands with Starfield. Again, I'm not an Elder Scrolls fan. To those of you who are, more power to you. I hope you guys really enjoy the game. I know you guys have been waiting for a new Elder Scrolls game for quite some time. So, Again, congratulations to those guys. But to say that it's still in the design phase and it was, it's like, this is why you don't announce things early. Take heed. Nintendo announced Metroid Prime 4 in, uh, at E3 of 2017, and all they showed was like a teaser of a logo. And then they gave it, I forget the studio they gave it to, and that didn't work out, so they had to pull it for them, and then they had to restart um, development. So I can understand why we're four years into that game. But the Switch isn't very, very powerful hardware-wise, so it's not like it's like, I, I don't know. And we don't know anything about the Switch Pro because Nintendo didn't bring it to E3 and didn't want to talk about it. You know, unless they're absolutely 100% going to launch new hardware, Nintendo kind of stays away from that stuff. So I get it. But at the same time, I just wonder if, you know, developers have been told to uh, start making their games 4K ready, so we know something's coming, but... Everybody was saying it's coming this holiday season. It's July now, so yeah, I don't know if we're get, like we're five months. You know, we're four months from November, which is generally when you want to launch a console. But Nintendo generally is now doing their own thing because they launched the Switch in March of 2017. So this one's kind of up in the air. I don't know what to think. But again, uh, congratulations to Bethesda and Microsoft, and again, congrats to Microsoft for what they're doing with the cloud gaming. But speaking of Nintendo and uh, Metroid, Metroid Dread release date, Amiibo, story, new features, and everything we know so far. This is from the good folks over at NintendoLife.com, one of my favorite Nintendo websites. Actually, my favorite Nintendo website. 
Uh, revealed as part of the E3 2021 Nintendo Direct presentation, Metroid Dread is the first brand new entry in the classic 2D Metroid series for nearly 20 years. This upcoming Switch game promises to tie a bow on the story of Samus and the Metroids, which began 35 years ago with Metroid on the NES. Uh, that's interesting because we know Metroid Prime is still coming, Metroid Prime 4, so I don't know how they're going to do this. What would be cool, because every year everybody's like, Metroid Prime's trilogy for the Switch, that's what we want at E3. What would be cool if Nintendo really has, if they're listening to their fans, yeah, that should happen. However, do a standard edition of Metroid Prime 4 and then do like a super deluxe edition that includes the first three as well. So the ultimate Metroid Prime collection would be dope or like and if they did that like a year or two later i can see them not doing it at launch but knowing nintendo six years seven years down the line trying to get something out of that game and still charging you full price so you know it, that's how they run but actually six seven years down the line they have to be moved on to new hardware so i don't know but anyway um metroid prime uh, I'm sorry, Metroid Dread. Uh, Metroid Dread is the upcoming fifth entry in the Metroid series. It stars Samus Aran as a bounty hunter who encounters mysterious beings known as Metroids, an alien species most commonly depicted as floating jellyfish-type creatures that have various forms and functions throughout the games. As with the previous entries in the series, Metroid Dread is a side-on 2D platformer with a focus on exploring and acquiring abilities, which then enable you to reach new areas and reveal... Uh, large network of interconnecting regions on a map the game lent its name to the metroidvania genre a group of games which to a greater or lesser degree tie the unlocking new areas on a non-linear 2d map to new equipment and abilities found through exploration and enemy encounters over the past decade or so many smaller indie studios have created some excellent games that follow this basic template so for players who grew up on these games it's exciting to see nintendo returns to the series um Metroid Dread's backstory, while the main plot points are understandably under wraps, Dread is being billed as a conclusion to the narrative that's evolved over the previous four 2D games, exploring the peculiar link between Samus and the t uh, titular Metroids. The video above, and you would have to go to the Nintendo Life website to see this, features our lovely video team dissecting every part of the Dread reveal trailer. I'll actually post this to the Patreon so you guys can see it there. So check that out if you want to analyze every detail and indulge in some lo uh, lore speculation. There are certain things we know for sure, though. For example, Planet ZDR is the location for Metroid Droid. Uh, Dread, I'm sorry. Samus is being hunted by large robots known as EMMI, which we, which were sent to ZDR by the Galactic Federation to capture and extract DMA, DNA from unknown creatures. As you can see from the trailers, the EMI, of which there are apparently just seven, take an interest in Samus and will hunt her if she ventures into their patrol areas. The EMMI appear to come in different shapes and sizes and are able to kill Samus in one hit if they catch her this should be really interesting for gameplay one hit kills that'll be very fucking interesting and i think a lot of people are going to be really upset uh, although samus will be able to evade their attack with a very well-timed counter nintendo uk has revealed more uh, lore tidbits from the upcoming game on its website this includes some beats from metroid dreads prologue which covers samus encounter with the x parasite and metroid fusion the G uh, game boy advance game and previous entry in the series um and it just goes on to show a lot of that stuff. EMMI stands for Extraplanetary Multiform Mobile Identifiers. Okay. What's new in Metro Dread? Slide. Samus can now slide and is able to slip through small gaps without having to stop and then and turn into a ball. Melee counter and dash melee. New attacks Samus can use to deal with enemies while on the move. Free aim rather than being restricted to precision aiming 
Only when stationary, as in Metroid, Samus returns. Samus can now aim in any direction while moving. Spider Magnet, when you see a blue magnet strip along the surface of walls and ceilings, Samus will be able to grip on those and move along them while still being able to shoot and counterattack. Um, sorry, fire truck going by. Do I need to have played previous Metroid games to understand, understand Metroid Dread? To understand and enjoy the game? No. Series producer Yoshio Sakamoto told us that the game will include a prologue scene as detailed above, uh, much like the one included at the beginning of Super Metroid, that will bring players up to speed with basic plot points. He was at pains to point out that new players needn't have played a me previous Metroid game to enjoy Dread. However, this series is a truly brilliant one, and we highly recommend playing at least one of the previous entries to get you in. Don't know where to start. Um, they cover all the games here in the Nintendo Life. So you should go there. What do the Metroid Amiibo do? These look amazing. I absolutely have to have this. I'm a huge Samus fan, so I need this Amiibo. Launching aside, alongside the game is a pair of Metroid Dread Amiibo figures, one of Samus herself and another of an EMMI. The new Samus figure can be scanned for a one-time energy tank upgrade to increase your health by 100, after which you can continue to scan it once a day to receive health. Um, for... Uh, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you could scan your amiibos on a daily basis to get items and stuff like that. When I got to the end of the game, um, every morning, like if I wasn't successful in trying to complete the game the night before, the next day I'd wake up, turn the game on, scan all my amiibos, get a bunch of stakes, weapons, all types of stuff, and then go back in there to try to fight the, you know, the big Ganon that was in uh the hyrule castle so this is really cool as well uh the emmi figure grants you a missile plus tank on its first scan increasing samus's missile capacity by 10 from then on you can scan it once per day to replenish your missiles that's cool uh neither are essential to play but they look mighty cool so you might want to pick them up too i definitely need these <laughs> yes yes this is all very nice but what about metroid prime 4 so sorry no more word on retro studios first person metroid prime sequel just yet Nintendo and primary developer Retro Studios are still working hard in the game. Um, I don't know. It, it, I feel like they kind of made this one to kind of satiate it, to kind of hold this over until Metroid Prime 4 is available and ready, which I have no problem with at all. I'm going to play this shit regardless. I love Metroid. I need the, the actual Metroid Amiibo. I still need that. And then I need these two as well. And I need this game. And yeah. Metroid 2 also is available for the Switch, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check on that. Let's see. Oh, it's actually on the D 3DS. I, I forgot. Um, that's the virtual console joint. Where is there is a Metroid 2, I'm pretty sure. Because and maybe I'm wrong. No, there is a Metroid Prime 2, the return of Samus. I don't know. I have to get that. Absolutely oh god, this Link's Awakening package. It's in the UK only. It's a hundred Oh, it's 180 bucks, but I need it. Uh let me get off the internet. Anyway, so that's your Nintendo news. Uh, Metroid Dread looks really good. I look forward to playing that. That's October 8th of this year, I believe. It's October. I believe it's the 8th, but I'll double check on that for you guys and then post that information. Um, 
over to our friends at the Blue Bland, uh, uh, Blue Brand. I got tongue tied. It's like saying Bobby Blue Bland a million times. Bobby Blue Bland is actually a really good artist. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Ghost of Tsushima's director cut has been rated by the ESRB. It's coming to the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. This news comes by way of IGN. The Entertainment Software Rating Board, ESRB, has filed a rating for Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, which effectively reveals the existence of a new PS4 and PS5 version of Sucker Punch's hit game ahead of any official announcement. This sucks because I bought it last year for the PlayStation Pro. I even got the deluxe edition that came with the Tsushima mask. So if I have to buy the game all over, I'm going to be really pissed. But they did actually do an upgrade for the PlayStation 5 with textures and visuals and stuff like that. And I downloaded it. But it is what it is. Anyway. Uh, the ESRB's newly uh, published rating reveals that Sony Interactive Entertainment has submitted a game called Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut for Rating. And that it is available on both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Beyond that, little else can be learned. As once again, Ghost of Tsushima has been rated M for Mature. And the rating summary for both the original game and this director's version are identical. There is one strange element. The rating states that there are in-game purchases, but only for the PlayStation 4 version. This is very strange. It's unclear what this means. As Ghost of Tsushima on PS4 does not feature microtransactions, the other note in the description states users interact on both PS4 and PS5, presumably pointing to the Legends multiplayer mode. That was added to the original game a few months after launch. At a guess, the in-game purchase on PS4 may be a PS5 upgrade, but it remains to be seen exactly what the ESRB means by this or if they are mistaken. In other news from Sucker Punch's Samurai game, Ghost of Shima has been picked up for a movie adaptation, and the game won the Player's Voice Award at last year's Game Awards. Sucker Punch is, of course, owned by PlayStation, which also recently acquired another developer, and I'm actually going to get to that story next. As far as Ghosts of Tsushima goes, it is a great fucking game. I still have yet to finish it as a huge Tsushima is a huge, huge place. Maybe by the, the grand scheme of things, if you look at a map of Japan, it doesn't seem that way. But in the game world, it's open world, so it's very, very large. And you have to remember the time of this game, you're traveling via horseback or you're walking. So it is a very, very large open world to... Um, to explore and discover it's a really good game the battle and the combat is awesome as well um i actually need to jump back into it because i love this game and i'm really really stoked uh that this director's cut is coming we're also obviously getting that director's cut of death stranding crazy thing is i jumped back on death stranding and then the announcement for the director's cut came a day later um but also that reveal trailer for the director's cut was heavily metal gear solid and influenced so I kind of feel, I kind of feel like we're getting something in the Metal Gear Solid universe. Blue Point is working on something. There have been rumors that Blue Point is working on a Metal Gear Solid remake for the PlayStation Five. One can only hope. That's all I'm gonna say. But it would be really, really awesome if we got that game. Um, as far as that other developer that Sony acquired. From the PlayStation.blog, welcoming Housemark to the PlayStation Studios family. It's interesting, I was actually having a conversation online with somebody, and I was like, well, Housemark, and they're like, they're not a Sony studio. Well, guess what? They are now. Per Herman Hulse, welcome to the family. Developers of classic PlayStation hits, including Returnal, Super Stardust, HD, and Dead Nation, join PlayStation Studios. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome a new member of the PlayStation Studios family. I've been a fan of Housemark since the studio's early days when they introduced Super Stardust HD to the PlayStation fans. 
Housemark's recent release of Returnal proves the studio is one with incredible vision capable of creating memorable new games that resonate with our community. This edition enhances the creative force of PlayStation Studios, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for Housemark. Welcome to the family, Housemark Games. From Ilaric Tuning, co-founder and managing director of Housemark, today is a big day for Housemark, and it's been it has been over 26 years in the making. Our strong partnership with Sony Interactive Entertainment started with Super Stardust HD on the PS3, and since then we have made arcade-inspired games for all the PlayStation platforms. With Returnal for PS5, our most recent release, our biggest foray into third-person actions, game, gaming solidified our voice and brand in the industry as delivering unique and quality player experiences. We are so excited to finally join the PlayStation Studios family. This gives our studio a clear future and a stable opportunity to continue delivering on gameplay-centric approaches while still experimenting with new methods of narrative delivery and pushing the boundaries of this modern art form. Locally here in Helsinki, this also means that we officially expand the PlayStation family to a growing industry hub and secure the legacy of the oldest game studio in Finland. Finally, what this means for our fans, we at Housemark Games and we... Housemark games, Housemark are gamers, and we have grown from the need to perfect and tinker with the fastest of games that we have found most fascinating. We are also not known for shying away from running our own course and trying out new combinations. With the backing of SIE and its family of studios supporting us, we can truly grow into our place in the industry and show what Housemark can create with no limitations. We can't wait to show you, uh, everyone, what will be in store in the upcoming years, and we hope to usher in more lasting memories and exhilarating titles for the next quarter century and beyond. Congratulations to PlayStation Studios. Congratulations to Housemark Studios. Um, here's the thing. I just said in last week's episode of The Week in Gaming that Sony was on the clock. Microsoft had put the pressure on. Microsoft continues to put the pressure on. Um, Returnal is a great game. It's a very, very difficult game, but it's a great game. All right? I will tell you that. Um, but, yeah, this Microsoft put the pressure on Sony. One studio, you know great game out there let's see what, see what they do next this doesn't close the door for sony expanding the playstation studios family there are going to be more acquisitions to come you cannot ignore the fact excuse me ignore the fact that microsoft spent seven and a half billion dollars to acquire zenimax and bethesda you know microsoft is going for the kill and it's to expand what they do and our first story, xCloud Gaming, is now available. That's big. Now they're reaching more places. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, you know, there was the talks about Game Pass coming to the Nintendo Switch in the future. Game Pass may be coming to a PlayStation console. I don't know. But Nintendo and Microsoft seem to have come to some sort of agreement when Sony was kicking their ass in the PlayStation 4, Xbox One mid-switch nintendo wii u generation um they basically had to team up and come up with a plan and that was crossplay. and then they had to put the pressure on sony to allow crossplay in games like rocket league fortnite and things like that and then larger games as well call of duty as well um but again make no mistake about it when you spend seven and a half billion dollars acquiring zenimax and all of its companies its studios yeah you're putting the pressure on everybody else in the gaming landscape and sony recognized that and that's why they're moving forward this way now as far as housemark games goes and what this means to playstation community and the rest of the world gq magazine has an article about this why playstation bought Returnal developer housemark the inside story as sony interactive entertainment acquires Returnal developer housemark gq speaks to head of playstation studios Herman Holst, and Housemark co-founder Alari Katinen about how the deal was struck and the finished studio's feature. 
uh, which means that this deal was in the works for a while and it's just now completing. A fan of Britain, Dutchman, all log onto a video call. Alas, head of PlayStation Studios Herman Hulse isn't quite in the mood for jokes, having watched his football team crash out of the Euros 2020 at the weekend. You better be careful there. Besides, we've actually got some exciting news of our own to talk to talk through. Housemark, the Helsinki-based game developer behind recent PlayStation 5 hit Returnal, is being acquired by Sony Interactive Entertainment for an undisclosed fee. This is PlayStation's second major purchase in as many years, following $229 million buyout of Insomniac Games in 2019. Of course, Insomniac would go on to lead the PS5's launch phase with the best-selling 1-2 combo of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart and Spider-Man Miles Morales, both phenomenal games. If you have a PlayStation 4, you can still play Spider-Man Miles Morales. You do need a PlayStation 5 to play Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart because of the way the game... The I, like Literally, I'm playing it the other night and i'm just like yeah this is not possible on a playstation 4 the way the game moves and the way you jump in and out of different areas in the game it's not possible without the ssd and the ps5 so you do need a ps5 for that but for housemark the future is very very much uh unwritten having made his name with smaller arcade inspired titles stretching back to 2007 super stardust hd on the playstation 3 returnal saw its maker go all in on a big budget adventure uh adventuring akin to the revered revered i'm sorry uncharted and horizon series albeit big budget adventuring with a brain melting sci-fi twist all the particle effects in the known universe and a difficulty curve that goes from not to 100 faster than a tesla model s played to put it another way returnal proved how smart could expand its horizons while retaining its status as a real games gamers game developer it is a really hard game i'm not going to sugarcoat it for you guys now, Ilari Katunin, Housemark co-founder and managing director, wants to use this acquisition to really break new ground for the studio. He told us how the deal came about and indulged in a bit of uh, Scandi pride while wearing a black Returnal branded t-shirt. It has no real relation to the conversation that follows. We just thought it was particularly delightful, delightfully metal. So how do you organize an acquisition via Zoom these days? You'll have to fill us in. Katunin says the funny part is that we haven't seen each other during the process in real life, so I guess that makes this a bit extraordinary. Of course, we've been working with Sony for a long time. And then last year, we started to have these discussions. One thing led to another, and here we are talking to you now. But we know a lot of people at Sony. We've been working with these guys for 15 years. It actually started with helping Herman Studio. Herman Holtz goes on to say that was actually super useful. It was easy for me to pick up the phone last year when I've not been in the role for that long. I think it was back in 2006 that Alari, with his core team, came down to Amsterdam when I was struggling to get Killzone Liberation for PSP out the door. What stood out then was how technically capable the core team was at Housemark, and you've been able to witness that in all the titles they've uh, been making pretty much for every single PlayStation platform since. From my perspective, they're perfect. They're a perfect fit for PlayStation Studios with a very strong identity in terms of the kind of games that they make. They always have that super intense arcade style, but they've been able to innovate by creating their own genre with roguelike that's got a nicely layered story on top. Um... I don't want to go over the whole thing. I'm actually going to post this article here on the Patreon. So if you're listening to this on the free feeds, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, etc., if you want to see the full article, again, I will post it to the Patreon. Um, this is a big deal. It is another cap in the feather of Sony. Uh, Housemark, very, very talented. Again, Returnal, very, very hard, but a very, very good fucking game at the same time. Um, but this is a big acquisition for Sony. Um I don't, the, the, the weird thing is, Housemark, yeah, great great job. Bluepoint has been remaking games and remastering and remastering games for Sony for quite some time. I really thought Bluepoint would have been the next acquisition. 
In my opinion, Bluepoint should be the next acquisition that Sony's going to make to strengthen the core. Um, you know, I just, this is weird. It's not weird, I guess, because Returnal is a PS5 exclusive. Um, great job locking it down, keeping that in-house, and then moving forward. Um, I don't know who else. People have said, you know, Remedy makes sense. Um, and again, like I said, Bluepoint, I don't know any other studios right now off the top of my head that really makes sense for Sony to acquire, but you know, it's, it's a war now. And I, I hate to use that cause I hate the whole console war thing, but Microsoft definitely fired off, you know, the cannon and, and, and they're going full tilt into this thing. And again, as Phil Spencer said, Nintendo and PlayStation are not our competition. I know it doesn't feel that way for him and for some of most of us gamers, but then there are people who still want to have the console war conversation because I see it go down every day on Twitter. But again, congratulations to everybody over at Housemark and congratulations to Herman Hulse and everybody over at PlayStation Studios. This is a big deal in my opinion, and I can't wait to see what they come up with next. You're in a position now where we're going to see Sony do these their their game showcases and they're going to have a lot of ammo to bring to the party as well so and it makes you wonder like remember uh you would i would imagine insomniac is working on the full-fledged spider-man 2 um maybe we could see uh sunset overdrive come to the playstation 4 and playstation 5 um you know i don't know what else these studios are working on hopefully blue point is really working on the metal gear solid remake that would be really cool but uh, Sony's got a lot of bullets in the in the chamber. They've got a bullet in the chamber, and they've got some in the clip. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what they come up with. And I'm also excited to see what the other studios under the Xbox Game Studio, uh, you know, umbrella come up with, with as well. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see what Nintendo does in response to all of that. But great job by Sony and great job by Microsoft all around everybody's doing really well and it just makes the gaming landscape better we're all getting better games so I'm 100% for that but that's all I got for you guys today of course my name is Derek Lamont Jackson as always I encourage you to be yourself and uh continue to keep playing games uh hit me up you guys all our nonsense twitter.com slash all our nonsense instagram.com slash all our nonsense underscore dm me let me know what you guys are playing let's talk uh i also now have a new twitch channel i'm going to post that information here uh, on the patreon as well so it's been a pleasure and for you guys listening on the free feeds again that's patreon.com slash all our nonsense gaming pop culture film sports music television all that rolled into one you should follow me uh our lowest tier on a yearly basis is less than what it costs you for netflix for a month at the highest tier so Come on down, subscribe to your boy. I got some shit for you. But again, that's all I got for you guys today. Peace out.